Hello there, it's Marty and Stripes coming at you again for our second episode. You thought we were just going to do one and then fall off the radar, but you are wrong. We are here for the long term. This is a goal for the year and we are going to be producing two podcasts a month. Marty and Stripes coming at you, the Zebra Lounge. Hope you're listening. Hope you've got your ears on. Hope you're in your car. Hope you've got your headphones on. you got AirPods. That's great. We like AirPod listeners. <laughs> yes, we're back. Um, if you have not listened to our previous podcast, which was, uh, I believe it was named uh, Vanilla Pods and Memories. If you haven't listened to that yet, before listening to this one, I encourage you to go back and listen to the little bit of stutter there. I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. And then, uh, yeah, come right back here. We're on episode two, and we're not stopping here. We're going onwards, so we'll see where that takes us. All right, so today, what do you want to talk about, Maya? I mean, the podcast is called what exactly again? Remind the listeners what it's called. Our podcast is called Zebra Lounge. The Zebra Lounge. What's the subtitle? The subtitle. Okay, our podcast is called Zebra Lounge, and... Uh, subtitle being, can I ask you something? So what do you want to ask, Maya? What are we talking about today with, uh, with the podcast? What's, uh, what's the topic? I believe today our topic is going to be none other than relationship. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is a bit of a father-daughter discussion that you get to listen in on. And we're happy to allow you to listen to it. Maybe you have kids who are younger. Maybe you have kids the same age. Maybe you've got kids that are older. But whatever we're going to be talking about today will have some value for you, the listener, because that's what we like to do here on the Zebra Lounge. And so, Maya, what is your question specifically about relationships? Do you have a question? Um, I think... Uh, Where should we start? Maybe we should start yeah. with what we've talked about in the past? Well, let's start with... Um Let's start with when are you allowed to have a relationship? Because I know it, it varies in different families. But let's just hear your guidelines on that. Yeah, so Maya, you are not allowed to date anyone until you're 30. <laughs> so that's my guidelines. Alright. So once you're 30, you're allowed to date. Sounds good. Yeah, so the older the better, right? I don't think dating is easy at any age. Whether you're dating for the first time as a young adult, whether you're dating in your adult life, maybe you have gone through a relationship breakup and you have to start dating again. It's never easy. Never easy. Whether you're suddenly single when you're in your senior years, you have to date again. It's never easy, Maya. I just said your name. I mean Stripes. (laughs) And uh, do you want to give us some, some backstory on your high school dating career were you allowed to date in high school i did date in high school but i want to say i think there's a difference between male and female uh, women and men daughters and sons what do you think so what you're telling me is you think that it's okay for uh say a male to date in high school but not a female I'm thinking I'm feeling that as a dad now, but when I was in high school, I didn't quite understand it. But now I get it. So why why would you say you're thinking that way? Can you just break that down for me just so I can understand that a bit better? I feel there's more of a burden 
on the part of a dad to protect his daughters from the animals that are roaming the wild out there. And they are animals, a lot of them. I know we're in the hash me too movement era and there are a lot of really creepy guys out there who have ill intentions. And so that's why I think that. Okay. Yeah, so dating is never easy no matter what stage you're in. Maya, what's one thing that you've always heard me tell you about how you should be thinking about in terms of dating? Uh, the one quote that I'll never forget is you look with your ears and not your eyes. So what does that mean to you exactly, Maya? When you look at someone else with your ears and not with your eyes, you use your ears and not your eyes to pick your dates or even your friends for that matter but we're just talking about dating and relationships right now so what would that look like according to you uh i would say it it kind of sets the standard for you're not looking based on appearance you're not trying to see um maybe they are eye candy maybe maybe someone does look good but just because someone is maybe attractive it doesn't necessarily mean that possibly their personality or their standards or their morals are necessarily good. So at Christmas we played this game as a family where we wrap presents, put them on a table, you pick numbers and then everyone gets to pick a present, open it and then either keep that present or someone can try and steal it. You remember that? Yes. And so when you wrap up a present in a nice package, sometimes it's a really good gift. But sometimes you would open up that present and it would just be a big rock with a small little candy bar in it or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Could it be that if you look at someone with just your eyes and you just see what's on the outside, you see the cover, but you don't know the content, that that would be the mistake you could make? Yeah, I think that's a perfect analogy or a way to put it. Talk about looking with your ears, listening with your ears, and not just looking with your eyes when you're looking at relationships, when you're looking at dates, even when you're looking at friends. And so using your ears, and so you do need to use your ears, which assumes that you are listening. And what would you be listening for in terms of relationship, a date, a friend? What are the kind of things you're listening for? You could be listening for the way that they treat other people, the words they use to uh, speak or express themselves. Um, the way that uh, they have discussions with other people or talk to their families, things like that. Attitudes that they have are often revealed with the words of the speech. Are they negative all the time? Do they talk too much? Do they themselves never ask you questions? So those are the kind of things that you're listening for in a relationship, a friend, a date, when you're using your ears. And so you could be enamored with someone based on what they look like and then discover over time that they really aren't as deep as you might think they were when you first met them. So you have to be listening all the time. What's the other thing that you've often heard me say to you, Maya, about dating? Do you remember or do I need to remind you? Is it something about being the, being the person the person you're looking for is looking for? Be the person, the person you're looking for, is looking for. What does that mean to you? I've always been a little bit confused by this, uh, this phrase, I cannot lie. I'm sure some of the listeners are also confused, so we might want to say it one more yeah. time. Be the person, 
the person you're looking for is looking for. So I think what that means is if you if you if you are just you, you be yourself, you uh, live life according to um, your morals or the values that uh, you hold. You don't change those for something else. So if you're that person, be the person. Then the person you're looking for is gonna <laughs> maybe be um, like if if that's what they're truly looking for. Then you don't have to change yourself for them to to want. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. All right. Well, let's let's unpack it. Let's that's why we're here. Down. That's why we're doing the show and. I'm sure other people would be interested in this. Be the person. The focus is on being. The focus is not on you looking. So right away, that takes off a lot of stress and pressure for you. Okay, in particular, right now, I'm not going to reveal your age unless you want to reveal it. No, it's okay. All right. You, at your age and stage, don't have to stress out about finding that one person who is the right person for you. This advice focuses your attention, your energy, your efforts on you being the right kind of person. So you would want to pursue your faith, you would want to pursue your education, your knowledge, your learning, your development, all of those things you are pursuing. Ultimately, Maya, I just said your name again. Stripes. Ultimately, Stripes. I think for you, you are pursuing God. And so as you are being that kind of person who's oriented towards God, then you don't have to worry about anything else because you're being that kind of person. So you're being the person that the person you're looking for is in fact looking for. So if you are being that kind of person, imagine with me for a minute, a triangle. Mm -hmm. At the bottom of the base of that triangle is you. At the bottom of the other base of that triangle is the person you're looking for. If you are both being the right kind of people, being people of integrity, being people of character, being people of faith in God, and you're moving towards the top of that triangle, Will those points event will those lines eventually meet at a point? Yes. Yes, they will. And so you being the person that you want to be, and the person you're looking for being the person that they are trying to be, automatically, you don't even have to make it happen, force it to happen. You're gonna bump into the right kind of people. So as you are being the right kind of person, as you're being the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, you're gonna meet at the at the the peak of that pyramid that we're imagining. You're moving up the lines and you're gonna hit each other at the peak. So it takes away the stress of you having to find and date and go through all these tests. You can just struggle and strive and fight for being a person of faith and integrity and character. And as you do that, you're gonna run into the right kind of person. But that's what that's about. I think in light of that, you also have to I don't think you can just assume you're going to bump into them randomly, somehow, coincidentally. I think there's also some work that you have to put in, in meeting people as well and going to events and 
being social. So I don't think it's just gonna happen. So it's not talking about being a monk in a monastery who never meets any other people. You obviously have to put yourself into situations where you can bump into people, as yeah. you said. So places where you can bump into people, church, work, clubs, where else, Maya? Um, and when I say clubs, I mean sports clubs. <laughs> church, work, yeah, uh, maybe in, I think you've listed most of them, extracurricular, curricular activities, things like that. School? School, yes. When you go to university? Mm-hmm, that's a good one. You mix it up with uh, fellow students, roommates, dorm mates, uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's what that, that principle of being the person, the person that you're looking for is looking for, and as you, as you focus on being, as you focus on who you are and who you want to be, then you are eventually going to bump into that person without you even having to try. If you, as you said, put yourself into situations, into different kinds of environments, social settings, where other people are also mingling and mixing up with you. But you don't have to stress out about finding that special somebody, because I don't think there is just one person that you can marry in your life, Maya. But I will say this, and I've said this, this is the third thing I've said to you before, there's no exit sign once you enter into the room of marriage. There's no exit. Once you enter into marriage, you're into marriage. And so you got to work, you got to fight, you got to put in some time, some effort, some energy into making your marriage a beautiful thing. A question I have for you is when would you say, I know you can't put an exact age on this, but when you're thinking about marriage, when would be um, the right time to start thinking about actually getting married? Because Well, that, that really leads us into something else that we should talk about which is the relationship attachment model. And I read this in a book called How Not to Marry a Jerk, in your case, or if you're a guy listening to this, How Not to Marry a Jerkette. Is that what it's called, the jerkette? Well, what do you call a female jerk? A jerk. <laughs> same, same? Maybe, yeah. So how not to marry a jerk, or how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. And so the author of this book has something called the Relationship Attachment Model, or RAM for short. Okay. Okay, and so there's five words that he uses in this Relationship Attachment Model. First one is no. The second one is trust. The third one is rely. The fourth one is commit. And last but not least is touch. Uh, when I hear those words, I feel like, well, we haven't really gotten into what each one of those means. Right. Well, we should unpack them. Yeah, we? let's maybe go through those and just talk about what each one means. So you said the first one was no? Yeah, no. So you want to know someone. So you were asking a question, well, what age should you get married at? How do you know when you should, you know, it's the right time? Well, do you know the person? And not just know the person as in, oh, I met them at a hip-hop club, we danced one night, and I know them. No. Do you know them over multiple seasons of life? So time is included in that idea of knowing. So you need to know them in terms of many different seasons. Also, 
you need to know the person around different kinds of people. Not just your friends, not just your family, but maybe even people in a wider circle than that. You want to expose these potential relationship partners to different people in your life so that they can also get to know this person and expose this person's character. I remember C.S. Lewis said that when his friend Ronald died, he not only lost Ronald, but he also lost a lot of his friend Charles because the three of these guys, C.S. Lewis, Gerald Tolkien, and uh, Charles, used to get together and drink beer and read poems and stories. And when one of the three of them died, not only did he lose the guy who died, but he lost a part of, a side of, Charles, because Charles Williams, his laughter and his humor could only be brought out by J.R. Tolkien. It couldn't be brought out by Lewis in the same way. So when J.R. Tolkien died, he lost that side of Charles, Lewis did. And so that's true. We can only bring out so much of a person, but when you expose them to different friends that you have, if you expose them to your your peers at school, if you expose them to your friends at church, if you expose them to your parents and your siblings, to your aunts and your uncles, the more people you expose that person to, the more that their character is revealed and you can learn about who they really are and so you can know more about them. And I think that uh, not only will you, you learn a little bit more about them and their personality or how they react in different scenarios, but then the people that you expose them to as well can also give you feedback because you'll have a large majority or a, a large variety of people who have met them so they can give you feedback on the person as well. There you go. And so most people, just so you know, when they start dating, when they date you for the first time, when you go on a first date, do you think they put their best foot forward or do you think they just try and do the worst possible job they can? I would assume they'd put their best foot forward. Sure they do, right? And so they want to make a good first impression. And so if you only date someone once or twice or three times or over a period of a month and then you decide to get married, that's probably not wise, mm-hmm. right? Because it takes time for serious patterns and habits and hang-ups to emerge in someone's life. And so that leads us right into the next one, trust. Over time, after you know someone, when you spend lots of time and they meet lots of people that you know and you meet lots of people that they know, over time, trust can develop. You can begin to trust. You wouldn't trust a complete stranger with your money, would you? No. You trust people after you've gotten to know them and after they've opened up to you and shared some personal things and you've shared some personal things with them and so you begin to trust them. And so it takes time for that trust to develop. You would only trust them with your money if you've known them for some time. And so why would you trust them with your heart? You wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So the, the second word is trust. And is there anyone that you really trust in your life, Maya? Who do you, who do you trust the most? Uh, my number one trust is up above. Okay. But uh, on this earth, I would say uh, definitely... Um, mom, I have trust in mom. And, and so that's why I asked you that is, why do you trust her? Because I know that she has my best interest at heart. She's got your back. Exactly. Right? So she's, she's looking out for you. She cares about you. She wants the best for you. She's praying for you. So 
that's the kind of trust relationship that you'd want before you um, would even consider marrying someone or even consider moving into the other realms, which the next word is rely. After you trust someone, you begin to test the trust in small ways, right? You might share something with them, a secret that you've told nobody else. Can you rely on that person to keep the secret? You might ask that person if they can pick you up and take you to the doctor. Do they show up on time? Do they actually do what they say they're going to do? Can you rely on that person? So relying on them is a little bit different than trusting because it's actual actions and behaviors that you are depending on them for. So can you rely on a person? Can you begin to deepen the trust? And so once you begin to depend on someone, then you know that they are reliable. So relying means being reliable. Yeah, and at first I thought maybe rely and trust seemed very similar to me. But after you've just broken it down like that, I think, yeah, trust is just like the basis of um, knowing you you have someone who has your best interests at heart. But then putting it into action is when you can really realize if you can uh, rely on them. But I think if someone can't be relied, then it goes back and breaks the trust. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I think of an analogy of playing a game of cards. And so normally in cards, you keep your high cards close to your chest. And your low cards, you play them usually first. And so low cards are usually things that don't matter that much, right? Things that you might tell anybody things you might talk to with someone you even just met. High cards are things that you wouldn't want to share with just anybody. And so those are cards you play later in the game, especially when it comes to relationships and when it comes to dating. You don't want to play your high cards first because what happens is you force other people to fold. So that's kind of weird if you put out your high cards right away. It takes time to know someone, to begin to trust them, and then to begin to rely on them. Okay. The last word is actually touch. We're not going to talk about the last word because we still have one more word. There's five words. Don't forget, right? Yeah. Not four, five. The last word is actually touch. But the word that we want to talk about right now is commit. Commit. Can you commit to someone? What does that mean to you, Maya, when I say, can you commit to someone? You've been getting to know them. You've tr now you trust them. You're starting to rely on them. What does commit mean to you? I think commit is when you possibly decided that this person you want to stick around with, you're not necessarily saying, I'm going to commit to marriage yet. But now that you've, uh, you've known them, you've begun to trust them, and now you're starting to rely on them. And if all of those things have been uh, positive and you've gotten good results from that and they have proved to be re reliable and trustworthy, then that's when uh, commit comes in because you can now start saying that, yeah, this is the person that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with right now. So that's what I think commit would mean to me. Okay. So imagine you know someone, you trust them, you rely on them, and then they make a mistake. How do you respond? That's a good question. Uh, so it's not their habit to do that. Let's say yeah. 
they have a legitimate reason for not uh, coming through, following up, following through on something that you asked them to do. Well, I think there's also uh, something you have to realize is that we're all humans. We all have mishaps and hiccups in our life. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, you can't expect someone to be perfect. And it was interesting because you uh, sent me this article a while ago that I read through. And it said you can never really meet the perfect person because there's always going to be flaws in someone. But it's you learning to... um, love and trust that person that you realize that someone can't be exactly who you want them to be but you love them for who they are and people like I said make mistakes so I think once a pattern becomes consistent if it's they keep breaking their promises they they uh, don't show up when they say they're gonna be somewhere if that becomes consistent and it becomes a pattern that's when you have to start I think second thinking but I think if there's a small hiccup in in the line of I don't know your relationship or your trust with them I think things can be forgiven so it's only when you start to rely on someone that you should then start to commit yourself to them so you know them you trust them you begin to rely on them then you commit yourself to them Now imagine these are all like little levers on a soundboard. I don't know if you've ever seen a soundboard. Yeah. Okay, some of our viewers may not have seen it. So these are these little buttons that are on sliders and you can move them up and down, up and down. And so if you imagine each of these five words, know, trust, rely, commit, and touch are like knobs on a slider. And as you move the knowledge, the knowing slider up, you can then begin to move the trust one up. You can't move trust up any more than the knowing one is. You can't move it higher. So You have to to move the knowing one up high, and then as you move it up high, you can begin to move the trust up. You don't move trust higher than the the level. So if if knowing's only at like a three, you don't move trusting up to five. Once knowing's up to five, you can move trust up to five. So in the order of those words that we said from the beginning, know, trust, Trust, rely, rely, commit, commit, touch. touch. From the beginning, uh, the first ones always have to be the highest, correct? Correct. So knowing has to always be highest. And we're saying from a scale of 1 to 10, each of those words is on a slider 1 to 10. And so you don't move relying higher than trusting. You don't move trusting higher than knowing. Certainly you don't move commit, you don't commit yourself to a seven if you're only knowing the person at a one. Mm -hmm. That is insanity. And the last word, touch, that's when you're getting physical, right? Yes. You're kissing, you're holding hands, you're making out. Couch rugby. What's couch rugby? You can edit that if you want. (laughs) You You don't move the slider from a zero to a ten, which is full-on intercourse. Can we say that on the podcast? Can we say sex? You don't move it all the way to 10, the touching one, which is the the maximum it'll go. It won't go to 11. If you don't have all the other ones, also up to 10. Okay? Mm-hmm. And for us, our value is you wait until you're married. That means you're fully committed to someone. 
That's how you fully commit yourself to someone, at a 10, which means you can move the touch slider all the way up to 10, because you've committed yourself to marriage, right? And you would only have commit that high if you already know, trust, and rely in that person. Right. Now, what happens, my inner... What happens... <laughs> what happens, Stripes, in our culture is that people jack the touch one right up to 10 after they know someone at a one. So they go to a bar or a club or a dance hall and they get to know someone at a level of like a two. Okay? And yet they're going to touch them all the way to 10. Then the next day they wake up and they don't know what happened. They feel like they know this person because your body and your soul are connected. What you do with your body impacts your soul. What you do with your soul, sharing, impacts your body. Meaning, the more that you share your soul or your heart with someone, the closer and more intimate you want to be with your body with that person. So there is a connection between our bodies and our souls. So if you're very intimate with someone, with your body, you're going to feel a soul kind of connection like you know them, but you really don't. And so you don't want to invert this process. You don't want to avert it. You should never move further in one of these words than you have gone in the previous word. And that's not what our culture does, unfortunately. That's very true. But I do like the idea. I think this RAM model puts it into good perspective. And I think it gives you a good idea visually of how this should look. Because when you just imagine it in your head, it's kind of hard to grasp, but looking at this and those five words, it puts it in uh, a visual understanding and an easier way to really understand that. So there you go. We've been talking about relationships on the second episode of the Zebra Lounge podcast, and it's about time for us to say sayonara. Yep. And so we're about to sign off. Again, listen to the first episode. Listen to this one again a second time if you have to. If you have any questions, comments, please share them and we will address them in future episodes. We thank you so much for listening. This is the Zebra Lounge podcast. I'm Stripes. I'm Marty. And we'll see you in the next episode.